0: Hi, I'm Nate. I'm um, Noah, and this is the fifth chat episode of Talking Lion. Five, five episodes—they grow up so fast. Yeah, you know now our chats uh, can
1: walk, maybe read, maybe re- yeah. I was yeah. Yeah, we're we talking years. I five years, five years. Yeah, old? well,
0: podcast years. What are pot, Yeah, yeah, episodes episode a, a
1: year. Okay, or a week. I don't know. It's either a very old. Or like a like a. It's either a toddler, or it's like a pretty new baby.
0: Yeah. Well, either way, thank you for everybody who's sort of stuck around through these. We're having fun with them, and I hope that you can hear that and yeah, you know, have fun with us. We also have this new tradition where we've been eating
1: umami burger before every chat episode. We've done it twice, and that means we have to do it every time. It's tradition. Oh no, I know, tradition, tradition, tradition. 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 And it's nice.
0: I I got to say I feel like a new person every time. Uh. Umami Burger if you're hearing this, we're we're primed and ready for that sponsorship. Also Umami, you know? like
1: here's the thing. I only recently made the choice to stop uh eating meat all the time and I don't want to be this guy, but like the the Impossible Burger is so good, I'm skeptical of it. Like it it makes no sense that it even isn't meat. I'm I feel like it's just meat and they're lying to people, which, you know, whatever, I'll, I can deal with. You but. should go into the advertising.
0: So good, <laughs> I'm skeptical. It's, it's, it's so good. is a good, good,
1: it's, a good it's so good I'm upset every time I eat it, but in the best possible way.
0: Well, speaking of advertising, just want to give a reminder that we have a Patreon as well. Everybody who supports the podcast also supports local artists and musicians and essentially just helps us keep this running. But also, whatever we don't need to use for keeping the show going, we will give to our collaborators and friends and to grants. So, any support means the world to us. And it really means a lot to us that you listen to these too. So, without further ado, this is Talking Live. Do you do the theme song on these? What? Yeah, do. Do you do the theme song? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, you can do the theme song if you want right now. Yeah, It's funny. Like, back when we first started Sleeping Lion, you had like 20... 20- grooves we called them grooves for things to like maybe write over and whatever and that was just one of them it was one of the first things i ever
1: made for sleeping lion
0: it was just like a little production idea and it was impossible to write over because it was in like a weird time
1: um yeah, that like weird. kept alternating it just discovered jack garrett so it was just like let's do something crazy and jazzy but
0: then we went to china and i was like okay maybe like i can make a little documentary and use that as the sort of like song in the documentary. And then I never made that. And so this thing was just sort of around and then we're like, we're going to start a podcast. And, and I'm thinking to myself, well, we need a theme song. <laughs> <laughs> and it's this old ass groove that we had just like lying around. So that's, that's the origin story of that theme song. I'm glad it had, I'm glad it's had a life.
1: Yeah, I had I mean, more of a life than I guess I ever thought it would. It
0: it, it still has a life. It's still beating, you know? Yeah. For, for many people, they just heard it eventually yeah. for the first time, you know?
1: This- and for anyone who's like, listens to the show, it's like, you, you're you used to it by now. Like, it's drilled into your brain on a probably a subconscious level. If you
0: heard it in the streets, you're like, talking lions right around the corner, maybe. Yeah. If, I don't know how you'd hear it, like, from a r- radio
1: necessarily, like on the street. but Someone's listening to it very loud in traffic on the 405. I,
0: you know... I don't like those kinds of people, but if they're blasting our podcast, here for it. <laughs> yeah, thank you to the random person who is blasting us on the street, hypothetically. But yeah, that's uh. I don't know. I was thinking. I was thinking about it. How people don't necessarily know. Like people might think that we made that
1: for the podcast, and we didn't. It was yeah. just something we had lying around. Use what uh. It works surprisingly well as a podcast theme song. You were ahead of your time. It, yeah, you I, guess, I guess. I guess <laughs> you know sometimes things just fall into place.
0: Well, and I feel like so much of like the give and take of any creative. Mentality is either am I making something new or am I cannibalizing something that already exists? And I feel like you're really great at making new stuff and I'm really great at not letting go
1: of crate digging. (laughs) What? You're really good at Grave digging. I was saying crate digging, but I I guess you said grave digging. Grave digging digging is actually kind of a a nice way of putting it. Yeah.
0: I feel like grave digging because so much of like when we like go back, like when we work on songs. It's either we go back to stuff or it's like, oh, we had this great melody idea or whatever. Let's bring it back. Like, I don't like coming up with new stuff if the old stuff works. Yeah. You know, I have no good segue necessarily for this. That's fine.
1: Just play the theme song again.
0: (laughs) I want to talk business. I figure, you know, before we sort of dive into our questions, we like talk, you know, just in general about like, stuff that might be able to be helpful for the musicians listening to this. And one of those things is business. And right now is a very weird time with all the COVID stuff going on, but there are things to help artists run their business. And one of the things that we were able to benefit from was from the SBA grant and from the PPP loan. And I just wanted to talk to those listening about that really quickly, just so you could be informed and maybe they can help. I am not a business professional. So this is not like, I feel like there's some sort of legal disclaimer I need to put on that like, this is not like accounting advice or whatever, but essentially if you have an LLC for your band or for your artist project, you are eligible for an SBA grant, which is just money injected into your company or a PPP loan, which can get completely forgiven if you run it through your payroll. And it's essentially just a grant to your business to cover your expenses Uh, During this weird time. And I know there have been people I've talked to who are like, well, I'm doing all right now. Like I'm making it through. Like, I don't want to like, you know, apply for these things or whatever. But I'm kind of saying there, I'm reading about it, that there are companies that don't need it either that are definitely taking advantage of this because that's just what companies do. And they're taking hundreds and thousands of dollars in this stuff. So if you have an LLC and you can take advantage of this to help your business, and being an artist is a business, then I strongly suggest it, especially because, sure, maybe things are all right now, but we don't know how long this is going to go on. We don't know when we're going to be able to play live again. We don't know when we're going to be able to do sessions again there's a lot of uncertainty that even though things are okay now, we don't know. Like, knock on wood, they say okay, but we don't know how long it's going to necessarily last, and we don't know how long these resources are going to be available. I would much rather you, listener, have them than corporations that don't need them or Richard. won't need them. So that's my little soapbox about the SBA and the PPP. I believe the website for the SBA is just sba.gov, and there should be like an application portal on the website likewise i know we did the ppp application through cabbage.com and it was it was really easy to do and again that even though it's a loan it can be forgiven if you run it through payroll and dedicate those towards expenses like studio rent or utilities of course if you have a business consultant consult them but i just want you to know that these are available because i know i've talked to plenty of people who don't know that these resources are available but enough about that let's move on to music
1: what are yeah. we what are we listening to no no what are you listening to what am i listening to um this morning um, this is something new that i was listening to i just uh, listened to all of the new Kalani album how is it it's it's real good she's just like effortlessly compelling just such a good vocalist uh just a sick melody writer just just such a I don't know it's a really cohesive album I, I like most of what she does if you like any Kilani song like there's they all have a similar flavor to them this album's very like it's very mature it deals with like uh, finding your independence as an adult and like uh, a lot of things surrounding you know, sexuality and relationships, and I think it handles them in a really nice way. And I think it's musically just really fun. And uh, I could just, I would literally listen to Kalani sing the phone book. I'm sure she would kill it. So I'm like a new
0: fan of hers. So yeah, like, I still gotta so dive in. Yeah. What's your
1: old? Not super old, but I was listening to the first two Anderson Pock records. Ooh. And those are because I'd never listened to them all the way through. It only like taken bits and pieces. So I listened to them completely. It's interesting on the on his first album how it's a little like scattered, like it it gets a little more like electronic and synthian places. And you sort of hear, especially now that he has a couple records under his belt, you hear how he developed from this kind of like experimental like jazzy, but also kind of like funk electronic kind of place to like really, this really polished like Neo soul live instrument, like a bunch of guys in a room kind of thing. And it's just, interesting, yeah, it's interesting. An artist that has such a defined sound and has, like, injected himself so wholeheartedly into music over the last couple of years, is interesting to go back to his first project and hear the kind of growing, like, the slight growing pains. Or I'm, I'm always fascinated by how artists develop over time.
0: Well, speaking of Anderson .Paak and, like, moving even further back there, my old this week was Watsky. Oh, yeah. I was listening to Watsky's record, All You Can Do, and there's one song on it called Never Let It Die, which, I don't know, I mean, it's... That song, I remember listening to it when I was in high school and it just, like, getting my blood boiling. Like It's really the song of, like, somebody who's just, like, working and, like, not giving up and stuff. And there's so many, like, I'm never giving up songs. But there's something that's, like, very direct about the way the Watsky just sort of presents a lot of stuff, mm. and and I feel like the way that he manages to sort of turn phrases and stuff has always been really impressive. Watsky also just recently broke the world record for the longest freestyle. Well. Wow. He did it to raise money for COVID relief charities. He's always just been like, like on it. I feel yeah, he's a great writer. And not only that, I I was telling you about this. I as a kid saw Watsky. Like eight times live, and his drummer was Anderson Pock. Like, yeah. his, like that was just what he was doing. He was the touring drummer for Watsky's band. So it's just yeah, that's that's my my old, somewhat related to yours. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and my new is the song "Lake House" by Jeremy Zucker. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Um, I loved like all the songs on the record, but that was the song that I, I think just I, I didn't give enough love to. And then I was listening to it while biking around the other day and it just really, it really hit me. Just the way he crafts the story, how like all the guitars and the drums come in towards the end. And the fact that like he has this really catchy chorus that's in seven four. Yeah. And it's, it's just fine. like awesome. It's really, really he's just on another level. But you can really hear the musicianship in the record, uh, the record like house, but also in the song. Yeah. So that's that's my that's my new. I feel like when it comes to TV show, we're mostly at this point just watching TV shows together. We actually no?
1: Yeah, I have been watching something on on my own uh, recently. I say I, I say you run with that, which I could talk about. Oh boy, can oh, I talk please, about this. Oh, please, please do. I recently started watching The Magicians, which is on Netflix. It's a sci-fi original series, which I didn't realize initially when it was recommended to me. Uh, one of one of my favorite shows growing up was Eureka. Uh, I used to watch a lot of sci-fi like when I would come to America for the holidays. Eureka is a is a great show. I also watched a show called Warehouse 13. I mentioned these shows to to demonstrate that I have a soft spot in my heart for sci-fi original series. There's a level of like camp, but also like heart. Did you ever watch Dresden? Uh Dresden Files. That's also a sci-fi show. I never watched that one, but I, I know about that one. Because
0: yeah, I, I read the books oh, yeah, that yeah, they yeah. were based on about the magician or yeah. like the wizard or whatever who like solves crimes.
1: Yeah, I think I think this is kind of in the same universe that So the Magicians is not as good as Eureka. It's all over the place. The writing is kind of a mess. It makes me laugh out loud in that so bad it's good kind of way. There's this whole like thing with a Taylor Swift song in the first season where he like escapes from his mental hell by like singing a Taylor Swift song. Like it's, there's serious cringe value to this show. Wow! Um, Did it, they license the Taylor
0: Swift? Song? They licensed
1: like they they licensed a whole ass Taylor Swift song. So the this, the the lead actor in the show could sing it really out of key in a scene where he's in a mental hospital. It's like they set it up in the previous episode too by having having the the this one character run up and push him up against the tree and be like, dude, because he's a psychic, he can read minds. He's like, dude, stop singing Taylor Swift in your head. And it's all like serious, but it's just like it's just oh man. But here's the thing. The show has gotten under my skin. Uh, I've started to really care about the characters, even though they're all ridiculous, and they all spend most of their dialogue either dumping exposition really clunkily or, like, roasting each other in this, like, really catty, almost gossip girl kind of way. But the special effects are really tight, and there's, like, moments like moments where it tries to be really good and moments where it kind of does. I'm only partway through the first season, but there's four seasons of it. And I fully intend on just watching all of it. It's my new guilty pleasure. And if you're into that kind of thing, it's a very specific kind of thing to be into, but but it it is very specifically the thing that I am into right now. So I would recommend The Magicians on Netflix.
0: We also watched Solar Opposites. Oh, yeah. Justin Roiland's new show. I thought it was really interesting. I think it feels like Rick and Morty episodes that didn't get a chance to have life. Yeah. But I really liked the dynamic between... Corvo and Terry, and Thomas Middleditch is great. Yeah, It's just, it's a lot of really funny sort of improvisational stuff, as you come to expect from the sort of Justin Roiland camp, but it is solid. I will say where it does manage to sort of set itself apart from Rick and Morty, that really blew my mind. That was like really special. There's this whole subplot about how the alien kids shrink real people down and put them kind of in this like terrarium. And the parts were kind of focused on that development, was incredible because it wasn't necessarily funny, but it it was hilarious how they were sort of
1: like doing a it's very really, it, the thing that was pout. funny about it was how genuinely they pulled off that arc.
0: Yeah, they they did it so well, <laughs> and yet at the same time, it's sort of making fun of like Escape from New York and you know like Snowpiercer, M- Mad Max, and Snowpiercer, yeah. and like all,
1: any kind of post apocalyptic like humans, all, even the Walking Dead, like any of those. But it like, wasn't
0: irreverent; they took it seriously, yeah. which was like really cool. Like I. I appreciated that. On the other side, I feel like when they tried to, like, tackle gender politics, yeah, they, they kind of missed the
1: mark. Wasn't wasn't great.
0: So, you know, I say it's worth watching because what else are we going to do? Yeah, it fills the void. And if you like Rick and Morty, you're going to like this. If you're like, Rick and Morty's not really for me, then it's not going to be, this isn't going to be for you either. Like, he's, Justin Roiland's not gaining, like, new fans with yeah, this. Yeah,
1: it's just satisfying thing. people. Okay, but here's, I want to hear your thoughts on this. Wasn't it really weird? Hearing Justin Roiland, like, wasn't Corvo a hard character to, like, pay attention to? Because Justin Roiland has established his voice so, like, wholeheartedly in Rick. And we're so used to hearing that character that Corvo's, it was the uncanny valley for me, like, listening to him talk.
0: I, very specifically at the start of it, was like, I'm going to feel this way if I don't just, like, shut that off. yeah. Like, I, I went into watching it, like, Rick and Morty, who? Like, yeah. I, I went into it. Yeah, like,
1: that's kind of what you have to do. I had a hard time doing that.
0: I, I just had to shut it off. I just had to be like, new voice, who's this? Like, new yeah. character, who is this? Like, I, I think my brain just made it really simple. It's just like, well, he's not burping.
1: Yeah, that, Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's slightly different. That's the thing that's off-putting about it. But it's like, he he already has such range as a voice actor, like, between voicing both Rick and Morty. We're so used to his voice. There was very there was a very narrow range of of his of where his voice acting could go that would like justify it being a new character and he pretty much is just talking normally.
0: And I don't imagine he would want somebody else to necessarily do that. I, yeah, I think the the big conceit is the fact that he doesn't voice both main characters at this yeah, point. Yeah, you know? that,
1: that's that's the big difference. What is the cool thing about this week that uh? So there there was a new logic update this week. As I mean, anyone who uses logic, I'm sure you know this. If you don't use logic, you probably don't care. So I'm going to try to be as condensed with why this is cool to me as possible. 10.5. 10. 10.5. 10. So logic just came out with a new update. I was jokingly, a joke around my friend Adam calling it 10 point Ableton. Uh, because they basically <laughs> just introduced a lot of features that Ableton has, like the ability to like strings loops together, and also a new sampler which allows you to just drag an audio and chop it up and turn it into an instrument. For those of you who don't know, Logic Sampler, the EXS24, is notoriously a piece of hot garbage, <laughs> and uh, it looks ugly. It it's hard to use. It the what's under the hood is fine as a sampler, but it's like it nothing compared to Ableton's ability. it wasn't usable it, was like, like, it wasn't like usable it. it wasn't fun it wasn't intuitive it wasn't like an apple product it was an old holdover from what logic used to be so they finally i feel like i've been asking for this like it's been in the back of my head for for like a really long time just like if 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 they could just give the sampler an overhaul like that would be like the game changer just in the same way that it's like oh if they could just use like introduce non-destructive audio pitching like if you could just transpose an audio region like i don't know what i like i don't know what i did before that <laughs> like being able to just pitch
0: by the clip, like by,
1: by the clip, like audio regions ups and down, like that didn't used to be a feature. And like, that's like, I would say 60% of my workflow is just that. So now there's, there's this new sampler and it's pretty cool, but it, it made me think about, cause this is something i spend a lot of time thinking about is like about our tools and about our relationship with our tools. And I, I think this extends to, to really any profession in any industry, but specifically in music, there's a lot of like friendly debate between like what DAW you use. And it's a common question, like for producers, like what what software do you produce in? Once you peel back the layers and you have this discussion long enough, you always kind of tend to arrive on the conclusion that it's it's all just tools, and what's in your brain is ultimately what makes the music. But it's interesting how how there still are these like superficial relationships that people compare, just because it's like I mean it's a cultural thing. Uh, ultimately, like you get so intimately familiar with. With whatever software they're using, like Logic is like a—it's a collaborator, like it's like a friend that I kind of hate as well. It's like a complicated, it's like a real relationship that I have with the software. So when when it there's an update, it's like a your like friends a, come
0: back from summer camp. Yeah, and friends learned, come back from summer camp. Learn
1: frisbee and learn frisbee. Now I can play frisbee uh, with my friend, and it, you know, it's 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 just interesting The one the relationship we develop with technology, and also how all of these uh, softwares are kind of converging to be the same like they're all they're all like competing for features and as time goes on there's a sort of entropy to okay now now logic has live looping which allows you to like make music non-linearly like you can in ableton and like that's like a really interesting thing and like reason now has vsts and like pitch correction software every daw is slowly stealing features from each other so they're all becoming kind of the same or like optimized towards the same goal as they sort of compete with each other. And that's also super interesting.
0: What I thought was interesting, and, and this isn't my cool thing, this is just piggybacking off of yours, is that I remember a while ago, Lido said, I think it was like when we did the Q&A or something, he said like, he's never worried about people seeing like his sessions or whatever, because he was like, well, you could see how I do it, but you won't necessarily be able to do it. Like what, you know, I'm using just the tools that are there. Like I'm putting these stuff together and I'm doing this thing on the mix or whatever, But but by and large, what makes me a producer is is what I bring to the table, and I feel like the the nth degree of that was Logic ten point five coming with the Ocean Eyes session. Yeah, like Phineas put out the Ocean Eyes session, and you can just I thought it was so cool is you could go through the comp and just yeah. see like an essentially now iconic melody in like the post chorus. There were like three or four different versions that were somewhat similar, but were different melodies and. Phineas picked that one over this one. I'm sure like this wasn't like the session, like I'm sure it was yeah. optimized for the the template. But I think what's really cool is that when you listen to it, it does sound like the record. Yeah. And then when you take the plugins off, it doesn't. Yeah. And so you get to see how like these stock logic plugins, like you don't need to spend all your money on all this stuff. Like you're saying, everything is a tool. You can use these tools to make, you know. A career starting a record. A career starting record. That's great
1: advertising for Apple. Yeah, and it's well, also I
0: mean it, it helps when your thirteen year old sister has like an incredible
1: voice. Yeah, but, like, and, and Phineas is just really good at you know putting those sounds together. He's good at operating the machinery. But it's it's cool to see. It's like it's it's a really cool thing to see under the hood with something like that. And it's a good educational tool. And it's a like I said, it's a great advertising tool.
0: And and what I'm sort of broadly playing at too is like I feel like people are getting into production in this time. And I yeah. think what's really exciting is to see how this update plus like seeing under the hood of Ocean Eyes plus all of this time, we're gonna see new producers. We're gonna potentially see Grammy-winning producers yeah. who are gonna point to, oh, I, I wasn't really that into production, but then I had 150 days of nothing that I had to fill. Yeah, And so I became a producer and that's how I got a platinum record. I think it's really interesting to think about how, you know, cause these tools for us are like, oh cool, like we have a sampler, but for like, I don't know, for somebody new, that could be the thing that unlocks it.
1: Yeah, that's very true. It occurs to me that I already have such a workflow that sometimes when new features introduced, I'm like, I'm not really going to use that. But like, they really are for people. Like, I really appreciate how how Logic, as as an Apple product, is is always trying to push the envelope of being like really user friendly. And it can be a little like it looks a little like like baby's first DAW, like gimmicky, like based off GarageBand, all the all the sort of like X Y pads and like the colorful little loops. But I started producing on GarageBand, and I started. Uh, the first things i ever did on garageband were putting apple loops together like the that the sensibility that got me to to interface with music technology in the first place was apple's readily available like library of loops and, and samples that like could be spliced together and now with like between splice and the fact that like logic has a built in like really cool sampler that can chop up things for you. And like, you can layer loops on top of each other and build arrangements without even opening the arrangement window. Like I can't even imagine for people who are starting out, like how quickly it'll unlock the joy of like actually making something. And I like that is really exciting to me. Well, and, and that's the thing is like
0: UI in a lot of ways is for new creators, everything. There are other plugins that are great EQs or compressors or whatever, but because they, at a glance, they look so daunting. When you're just starting out, you become overwhelmed and then you nope out. Yeah, I know that there's some people who want to dive in when they're overwhelmed. I was never that person. Yeah, And so that always kind of like took me out. But yeah, if you have a sampler that is easy to use, if you have a UI that's, that's pretty and, and looks nice, when you get to futz around with it. And not only that, like when you start out, you're like, oh, well, i need to spend all this money to make like a, a hit sounding record. So what's the point? Like, I'm not going to do it. And then you get to open up Ocean Eyes and you see, oh, like with that compressor and like Space Designer and like a stock EQ, I can actually make my vocals sound professional. Yeah. You know, like I can actually like look at that and learn. And it takes, I think, a lot of the, the mystery out of yeah, songwriting and production. Which and I think I think really that cool.
1: can only help music. You know, like it take taking the mystery and the, and the sort of confusion out of what it actually takes to to make a record. And I'm okay
0: if we lose our job as a, as a result of it. I'm, I'm fully i fully support it. Though I like I think Oak Felder said something really interesting. Possibly also in an Apple ad. I don't I don't yeah, know. Yeah, probably. But uh, what I really liked is he's like I hope that like new young creatives are pushing the envelope so that I either have to be like oh, I got to get better and learn how this new shit works or I don't deserve my job. I love that he like sort of puts it like that where he's just like, if people are pushing the envelope, it's going to push me to be better. Yeah. You know, and I don't think you and I have ever settled for complacency. No. My cool thing is less cool. My my, my cool thing, I had three very small things. The first is like, I learned about a copyright trap. Oh, yes. Uh, Copyright traps are where atlases and maps would put like fake towns in various states so that if another atlas company tried to copy that map without doing the work they could be like oh well mctavern town isn't real we're going to sue you for copyright infringement and that like huh. conceit was sort of made famous by john green's like paper towns but i learned that the show columbo I learned this from like actually from Rain Johnson's Twitter. Uh, That the show Columbo, they never said his first name. I think on a badge, it might have said like Frank Columbo, but Columbo was always just Columbo. But this guy made a trivia book, like a book of just random trivia. And as a copyright trap, he put Philip Columbo. And then Trivial Pursuit said, What is Columbo's first name? Philip.
1: Oh, shit.
0: And then they got sued. Damn. By the guy who made the trivia book. Whoa. Caught so in the trap. I thought that was cool. The other that thing was actually like, really cool. <laughs> the other thing that I thought was cool was I saw a collection of f- floor plans for famous TV sitcom houses. Oh,
1: yeah. You, you sent me the Fraser one.
0: Yeah. So I, it was cool to sort of see like the floor plan of like Fraser's apartment. Yeah. Fraser's
1: apartment is weird
0: because it's <laughs> essentially a set. And then when they go to other rooms, throughout the life of the show, it's like, oh, well, there's the hallway and there's that. But you don't necessarily see the whole house because they don't, you know, it's not single cameras. You're not going down the hallway. The hallway doesn't exist. Yeah. You know, the hallway just doesn't exist. So it was just kind of cool to see the floor plan. That was my other cool thing. And then my last cool thing is a demo for Unreal Engine 5 just came out. Oh, yeah. And see, now I get the video game. Oh, yeah. Cool thing. Uh, It has like... A new geometric system
1: that's like so many triangles, so many triangles, and the billions of the
0: triangles, and like a new dynamic lighting system. And I don't know, on the one hand, like I think that that's really, really cool (laughs) as far as just graphically, like the gameplay of this random demo looked gorgeous and breathtaking. But also, I don't know, it's been on my to do my like New Year's resolution for almost two years to take like an Unreal 4 class. And like actually kind of learn how to do some game design stuff yeah. because I feel like that was something that we were both kind of interested in before we started Sleeping Lion and then they kinda of got stunted a little bit. Yeah. And who knows? Like by by day a hundred. You know, I, yeah. I might be the kid who needs, you know, just some sort of better access into something and Unreal Five could be that. Yeah. But yeah, I'm just kind of I'm excited about it. Because my hope is that by the time it comes out, I have some understanding of like how it works. Yeah. So that I could be like, oh, cool new update for something I understand already.
1: Yeah, that'd be super cool.
0: What is the last picture in your camera roll?
1: What is the last picture in my camera roll? Oh, it was this hill in Malibu that I found this morning, where it's just the ocean and the uh, the rocks. I was trying to go hiking, but it was still very much closed. Some trails are open, but it's difficult to figure out what's open and what isn't. Malibu looks nice. I've never parking. been,
0: so that that looks that was cool. Mine was from the other day I was biking. And you, you we were talking, you asked how far I'd ever gone biking. Yeah. And I said, like, not really far from our house because I sort of just like weave, like, you know, I'll go sort of in these like large squares almost. So I you were in the back of my head. I'm like, I'm going to go farther than I've ever gone from like a mile, like as the crow flies perspective. I made it downtown and it was really cool because there's this like nice park, I think it's called Grand Park, but you just sort of see LA City Hall just sort of peeking out from the park. That is cool. It's like well framed by like the city planning, which I've always been kind of a fan of like how city planning deals with architecture Mm. and how it sort of highlights architecture. So yeah, that was, it was just kind of cool to like see this side of the city that I hadn't seen before. And I was actually struck by a kind of muchness. That's what my brain said was like a muchness. Mm of a city like LA, yeah. you know, for for the fact that we've already, you know, lived here two years and stuff, there's still so much that I haven't seen of this city, so, you know? So much
1: LA. There's and then so there's much
0: so much life happening. I mm-hmm. mean, you've got, you know, the broad and the mocha, you've got like museums that every day or every month or every quarter or year has new stuff. Yeah. You've got like concert halls that are playing symphonies that we have never heard in our life before. There's just, so much kind of happening in a city that now isn't happening and i yeah. think that, that kind of like hit me not in a sad way but more just like wow i really did not explore what like this city could be I, you know I, I thought i was because i was just going to concerts and shows or whatever but no this was like yeah i was i was struck by a certain muchness
1: well i and here's the thing i think the muchness of new york is so in your face and so immediate like you go to new york and it's like this is much like there is so much to do here i think la is there's oh, there's i would say almost as much stuff to do in LA as there is in New York it's just y- you have to seek it out a little more because everything's so spread out like it's not as in your face the muchness of it
0: when was the last time you were hit because you know the feeling i'm talking about yeah, right for like sure. the, the sort of overwhelming like the feeling that you were both sort of like very small but also a part of something that's like very very big like when was the last time you kind of felt a muchness hmm. uh, in the world.
1: I feel like it, I feel like it was when I first drove to Hollywood. Uh, this is not that long ago. It was like a couple a couple weeks ago, maybe a month ago or a little over a month ago that I finally was like just I was I was like told myself I was going to go for a drive around the neighborhood and I drove down Sunset and then I ended up in Hollywood I'm like, "Oh, I'm in Hollywood." And I started driving around all these places that I'd seen it from Ubers or like seen from the from the passenger seat of a car and just like seeing the city in this new way gave me that sense of like, oh, like, wow, like LA is like this whole thing that I've like only scratched the surface of. And like, here I am just like bumming around it.
0: There's definitely a muchness to that.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. And there's something very different. There's something very different about driving it versus being in an Uber. Like it's just, a totally different channel in your brain of like navigation and like how you're interfacing with the, with a space like that.
0: Well, because you get to make decisions. Yeah, you have to just decide where you want that, to go.
1: That, the other thing that, that hit me is like uh, and there's a muchness to decisions. Oh man. Oh man. Oh man. There's so much to decide all the time.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, it's so hard. It's so hard to decide what am I going to have for breakfast? I don't know. Oh, that 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 gets me every time. Every time.
0: You know? <laughs> well, you get you get why like our brains just need patterns and needs need yeah. routines because I think that if we had to make decisions. Constantly, like if we had to make decisions in the ways that we just sort of fall into routines for like every little thing, I think we would go nuts, though, just a little bit. So nuts. There's just, there's, there's, there's muchness. Much. What is your high and low of the week? Start with the low start, because yeah. I think we have the same. I think, yeah, we probably high. have the same
1: high. My low for the week is I, I, I bonked our roommate James's car while backing out of the, uh, out of the, out of our parking lot and it just, I uh, just felt bad that I scratched up his car. Although his car is actually fine. He just was able to wipe it off with a with a paper towel, which is great. Our car has a massive dent in it. I don't know how that, I don't know how it was such an incongruous uh, meeting of these two cars where one got away scot-free and the other one has like a massive dent in it. But that was just... Uh
0: it, it was just well, a and shitty... Well, now sp- our bumper is incongruous.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's it, totally incongruous, but, you know. It's, it,
0: I, I feel bad because I was, like, mad dad when I found no, but it. No, but I mean, that's, I saw uh, that's,
1: like, you know, that that that's that's how it should be. Like, it's, it just feels shitty to, like make a mistake that's the thing i feel like i'm getting all this like suburban teenage american stuff out of my system too because it's like everyone has to go through this when they're 15 16 with a car like everyone's gonna dent up a car with some stupid thing literally i told james he's like yeah dude i once like knocked out someone's taillight like just by like i would there was no good reason why i should have done it i just like curbed into someone's like car too hard and like broke their taillight and then just like drove away so it's just like,
0: oh, everybody has their first backup nick like that yeah. ha- like my mom's car i just like yeah. I, ba- I backed up <laughs> And it just like I was I was 15 and working at this like studio and I backed into the owner of the studio's car.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's just one of those things. It's a shitty feeling when you like when something like that happens, which is the mistake. And it's like there's like physical. It, I'm constantly faced with the physical repercussions of it. But ultimately, it's all you know. It's all just material stuff. It's all it's all just things. It's all fixable. My mom always so. says
0: it's uh, it's all just money and time. It's all just money and time. Uh, I think my low was. It wasn't like a like a thing but I you know and I I didn't smoke for like a really long time or like take edibles or anything for a really long time because oftentimes I'd be like all right when I would get high but the next day I would just feel terrible mm. like I would feel like very depressed and we we bought some edibles and it, hey it's legal here <laughs> so we bought some edibles Don't listen
1: federal government Yeah
0: federal government Honestly <laughs> FBI, if you're listening,, we don't mind that you're listening. Just donate to our Patreon. Yeah. yeah. you've got the money. You've got the funds, feds. so I, I I've been taking these edibles like infrequently because it's like it helps it does help me get to sleep. Like it helps me like finish just that last little bit of work and then go to sleep, which yeah. is nice. or like enjoy whatever we're watching, you know, just like laugh a little bit more or whatever but like so consistently I wake up the next day, just extremely depressed. And every time I like, I'm about to take it, I'm like.
1: It's gonna be a, it's like a dopamine hangover.
0: Yeah, no, and every time I'm about to take the edible, I'm like, maybe this time I won't feel oh, yeah. shitty the next day. Like maybe that was just like, I didn't get enough sleep or like whatever. But it's it's at this point become like consistent enough that I'm like, okay, I get that. The chemistry makes sense. Like, I guess like I'm having yeah. a dopamine hangover or something, but yeah, I uh, I think like halfway through the week I just, like, I woke up in the morning just not good at all. And Mm. I just, like, went on a a bike ride. I found a bike path that was nice. And I called my mom, you know, and I felt, like, better ultimately by the time, like, the day kind of, like, progressed. And I think my, like, brain chemistry kind of, like, got back to normal. But, yeah, that was was probably, like, the lowest day. Because I think that was the day that I really felt, like, really heard the dialogue of like you're a piece of shit mm. and like everybody hates you and your music and yeah like why are you working on a podcast when like nobody listens to your music and or cares what you have to say. Like that yeah. was when that like dialogue was coming. Yeah. But, yeah it's never
1: fun. Yeah.
0: But it goes away. And honestly yeah. I feel like you and Meg and my mom and everybody, like I think just when I can be with people who yeah. r- remind me that like, that's my dialogue, but that's not necessarily the dialogue. Yeah, It's a lot better, but yeah, that was like, I had a bad mental health day, essentially. I think our high though was really nice. I, we, yeah. we decided as like a, a family, yeah. you know, me, and Meg
1: to go to the poppy field. Yeah, because everyone else was doing it.
0: Right, you know, hey, and keeping our distances and everything and, keep, and and wearing our masks. What's interesting is that when we actually got to the poppy field, the reserve was closed. And so we didn't actually get a chance to see the poppies, but there was something so nice about like driving through the mountains and yeah. driving for like a while and just like blasting Paramore and Fall Out Boy and like yelling and screaming at the top <laughs> of our lungs to these songs and just like having a road trip and getting out of LA.
1: Yeah, it's it a really just, nice feeling just th- to get out of the city.
0: That was that was my high nose probably your high. Yeah, I would say that. It's what was what your perspective on the highway? My
1: perspective on it? Yeah, it was it was nice to because it's interesting. I've been I've been going on. I've been kind of doing a mini version of that pretty often, just like finding cool like bits of field or mountain around L.A. But it was nice to like get so far out of the city that that was all there was, you know, that you really escape. I, it made it made me think of when we very first moved to L.A. There was something so striking as we drove across the country. And when you do that, from the East Coast to the West Coast, you see the landscape change. Somewhere in the middle, you all of a sudden start seeing this a little bit of desert and these mountains. And I, like, even though now I'm completely immune to it, I still remember how it felt to see that for the first time and to just be struck by it and be like, whoa, like, look at these mountains. Uh, And we're like, California's just got this really crazy landscape. And it's nice to just be reminded of, what a what a crazy geological site California is. The and, wind, I think. Oh really yeah, and just that me. that was that was probably the the thing that like really made it feel different was just like the this the fresh like air. The, yeah, just the this really fresh air, getting bombarded with fresh air.
0: Uh, so I uh, I want to introduce something to the podcast. Okay, I, I, I mentioned this to you after we recorded the last one. I think it would be fun if every week. We challenged each other to do something that pushed us out of our comfort zone just a little bit. Okay. You know, nothing, nothing like crazy or legal, Just like like a friendly kind of challenge. Yeah. You know, and then we come back next episode, and we report our findings. And it'll be just the, you know, it's a challenging lion. I, I'm, challenging you know, lion. Maybe that's it. Whatever. I but, like it. <laughs> so I have a challenge. I know you have a challenge. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give you my challenge. Okay. And challenge me. I'm excited to 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 hear yours. My challenge. I challenge you. To call three people you haven't spoken to in over a year. Okay.
1: Okay. I like that. That's a good one. I had a feeling it was going to be something like that. Something about reaching out to people. Uh, that's good. That's I, you know. That's that's a good challenge. I will probably do that, and it'll probably be an enriching experience. The nice part about that is because I barely reach out to anyone. That list of people who I haven't reached out to an over a year is rather long.
0: I I almost I put in at least
1: three. At least three. You, you know,
0: open the door, see what floods in.
1: What's your challenge? My challenge for you is I don't know how how much you you might see this coming, and the I see
0: nothing, so I'm terrified.
1: Okay, it's no, no. It, it, this is a good one. I feel like you'll like this. My challenge to you is to go on the internet, go on like Serious Eats or something, or so, just do some a little bit of research and and find find a recipe for something that you want to cook. Something not too crazy, like nothing crazy elaborate, but like I would say, do enough internet reading that you find something that you're like. Something that you you see you see the picture and you look at it and you're like it excites you like something that, or that you at least could see yourself getting excited about. Yeah. I, I'm I'm down and just and just you know go through the steps.
0: I feel like our our listeners uh, are learning that I, <laughs> I I have like it's not like a fear of cooking but just like I am a microwave meal. I grew up kind of like my mom cooked but I had a somewhat unpredictable schedule. I was going out to the city. I was hanging out with my friends. Like she didn't know when I would be home, and so I kind of like wound up leaning into like Trader Joe's frozen burritos. Yeah. And during I mean, this. They're great. They're great. All Don't credit give to Tr- me, yeah. Trader
1: Joe's frozen burritos. And
0: also like the gnocchi from uh, Trader Joe's too. Yeah. Is great too. So I, I'm just like a big, I'm either like microwave meal or like Postmates. Yeah. And I feel like oftentimes when I do cook, it's like to check off, I cooked. Yeah. Or like, it's a social thing. Like, oh, we're going to cook something tonight or Max is coming over and we're going to cook yeah. something. Um Oh, I miss Max coming
1: over and cooking. I know, I know. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I appreciate you. Like, That's, so that, I mean, I, I know all these things. This is why I, yeah. I challenge. Well, and, and also, come partially coming from a place of like, uh, when I was living sort of semi by myself, and when I went, by, when I moved back to Boston, I was like kind of the most isolated I've ever been. It was one of those things that. I think brought me the most joy and satisfaction was just like the simple joy of like finding a recipe and being like excited to, to make it. So I, I encourage you to try to find that, the, the sort of the agency and the sort of novelty that comes with like finding something and and wanting to make it. And then sort of what's great about a recipe is it's like you, you got the steps, you follow the steps and it, hopefully it turns out well.
0: No, I, I, I appreciate the, the challenge. I, I feel about cooking and production the same way, which is the muchness of it. Yeah. That I feel like because there has always been, you know, with production or with cooking, like so many decisions you can make. Uh I was talking to Casey Cook about it actually. Mm. That songwriters are like, it feels like a very linear thing where it's like as a songwriter, I always feel like there's one version. I'm just trying to get to the best version of the song. Yeah. There's production and cooking. There's just so many decisions you can make and like so many mistakes and revisions and like whatever that can happen. But I appreciate the challenge and I accept the challenge and everybody who's listening tune in next week tune in next week next to, next find Wednesday out. to find out if I can cook and you can and I
1: can pick up the phone and call <laughs> human beings. Right, hey, it's
0: they're both for us, those are both those harder are both, than they sound.
1: Yeah, no, it's a, these are good challenges. Our comfort zone is very specific. It is very specific. <laughs> well, lastly, what are you looking forward to? <laughs> what am I looking forward to? All right, I'm looking forward to this challenge. Um, I feel like that's a good one. I'm, I feel like I'm slowly chipping away at all my tasks and I have a little bit of uh, of a clear patch. Like I have a little bit, I've given myself a bit of a window. So I'm excited to maybe like work on some music for fun, music for birds this week. And also just... Uh, music for birds is your, is your solo project for yes. anybody listening. He's
0: not actually writing music for... I for, mean... Unless you want the right music
1: for the birds. For birds, no. Nah, just want to add some context. Yeah, it. I guess so. Uh, for, for those of you who don't know, yeah. So I'm I'm excited to, to maybe work on some music fun, or maybe also just like play video games. The same, you know. That's the thing. I feel like I have actually been a little bit more on the busy side of the last like week or so, and all of my non-work time is devoted to just keeping the shell that is my personhood together. Um, and now I feel like I have a little bit more bandwidth to to just kind of enjoy enjoy the time, and uh, I'm looking forward to using that using that well recreationally. I appreciate that. And uh, what about you? What are you looking forward to?
0: Well, so we're we're like minutes away from getting the master back for balance. Oh yeah. So I'm excited to just start that distribution process and get like the assets together for for promoting it and whatnot. But we're also like recording an episode with Miet that's going to be like a chat about this song that's going to come out kind of closer to when the song comes out. And I'm really excited to just like catch up with my old friend. Yeah, that's going to be fun. You know, we, we go back and, and this, this song is a, is a special one. And I'm excited to just like, just talk about it yeah. with her. because. I don't know, we did you know one of these chats for Don't Like Me, and that was I had a lot of fun with that. Yeah, like, that was really cool. I that too. But I also love just sort of reminiscing about demos. Yeah. Like, I think the process, I don't know what it is, but I feel like talking about the process of anything and then being able to hear it sonically.
1: It's really satisfying. It's
0: really cool. There's a reason why like, behind the scenes used to sell DVDs. You yeah, know? for sure. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to... The Snowpiercer TV show. Oh yeah, hear I'm hear curious it's if it's gonna be good or bad. Oh,
1: <laughs> I hear it's I hear it's unlike the movie, but that's all. I mean, that's that's all I'm really gonna say.
0: And again, I'm excited about recording Gaming Lion. Yeah, uh, I wasn't able to do it this week because uh, I'm working on a film, and we are trying to clear our plate. But likewise since our plate is now a little bit clearer, I can then focus on this new project. And we got the art back finally like finished. Oh, it's finished. so cool. And it's so cool. So I'm just excited for that kind of chapter in the talking lion, gaming lion saga. Now that we've sort of put a bow on the next Sleeping Lion song. Yeah. So yeah, I think with that, we can uh, we can call it a, a podcast. I think so. You know?
1: Have you been entertained, listener? If you made it this far, you must have been Something. at least a little bit entertained,
0: or really bored. Yeah, you know. But I just appreciate, you know, you got listening to, you know, we're just two friends having a conversation about what it, what life is like, um, and we watch an obscene amount of television and get really excited about. Video game engines.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh man, no. though I can't wait till the video game engines look better than real life.
0: Once again, we have a Patreon that would mean the world to us if you supported. But also another reminder that the SBA and the PPP are for you if you need it, and to definitely check those things out. We have a new Talking Line episode with David Archuleta coming out on Sunday, so be sure to listen to that when that comes out. And we will catch you again on the flip on the flip flop flip. Been flapping. No, we need no. a better. We need yeah, a way yeah, to we, end we, this. We, how do we end the show? What's the? How, you need to
1: come up with the catchphrase right now. And that's a wrap. That's not anything. Um, uh, um, um, Can you just say good night, New York? Good night, New York. <laughs> <laughs> to thank Alan C for supporting Talking Lion on Patreon and Isotope.